Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing quite well, Keith. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, anything happen in the past week? No, nothing. No, I definitely have not been watching the news around the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I I suddenly am so incredibly well versed in how Georgia elections run, right? <laughs> and why it's taking North Carolina and Alaska weeks to count their ballots. So, hey, we gotta keep we gotta keep our eyes on Georgia. Everyone, keep keep working there. Georgia on my mind. As, <laughs> yes, as, as John Legend sang. I was like, John Legend? You mean Ray Charles? No, <laughs> you saw that he tweeted. Oh, okay. He tweeted and was singing the song. Oh, yeah, everybody, I know that John Legend didn't originally sing that song. If I need no, to she didn't. She clarify had no idea. that. <laughs> um, well, okay, so, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes elections on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about why Ariana Grande's debut at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with Positions is such an amazing feat, aside from the fact that it's her fifth number one. There's even more beyond that. And... How Gabby Barrett's I Hope completes a record-breaking climb to the top five on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And how Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakiti debut straight into the top ten on the Hot 100. Plus, in light of Miley Cyrus's recent collaboration slash mashup slash remix with Stevie Nicks on Midnight Sky, we dive into a discussion on what other dynamic diva duos could pair up for a collaboration. Who doesn't love a dynamic diva duo? <laughs> we just love alliteration. But first, <laughs> before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, just one week after Ariana Grande's single Positions debuted at number one on the Hot 100, its parent album of the same name comes charging in atop the Billboard 200. And in doing so, Grande logs her fifth overall number one album, but she also lands her third number one in less than two years and three months' time. That's the fastest accumulation of three number one proper studio albums ever by a woman. Whoa. Ever. 
period. Period. Um, well, let, let's talk about the, the units and numbers and equivalent album thingies real quick. Positions, which was effectively a semi-surprise album that had little advanced promotion before it dropped, starts with 174,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending November 5th, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Well, I would just like to say, because we already spoke about the single... Katie has thoughts. Katie has thoughts. I've got thoughts. No, we already spoke about the the song and the video for Positions, the song, I should say. But we didn't have a chance to talk about the album since we were we left you to an election week episode last week. But um, I just want to say, I, I feel like I love the package of Positions. It's such a an R&B throwback album. Um, it gives me total, you know, Mariah early 90s vibes. And this is not to compare uh, Ariana and Mariah for like the nine millionth time. Like Ari definitely does her own modern twist on it with her own little bit of, you know, kind of a hip hop spin to R&B. But it is just a great overall project. And I love that direction for Ari. So I feel like positions the song was like this little taste, little intro, like, oh, you're going to get a little bit different sound from Ari, a little bit more subdued, and the the whole vibe really delivered for me. Yeah. And obviously for the other many tens of thousands of, of people consuming it. Uh, yeah. Um, she said she, when she reacted to, to the album being number one, didn't she say that it was her favorite album or something? I mean, I guess you always say your newest album is your favorite album. But, but it really feels, it feels like... Um, it feels like a project she had fun making, you know, it mm-hmm. feels like it's, she probably made the music that she wants to listen to and hear, which that's a cool feeling. I feel like I also read something about how um, she said something along the lines of how she wanted to be kind of free from the idea of being, um, you know, you have to reinvent yourself for a new era. Oh, it's like the new, it's the positions era or whatever. And she wanted to, I'm completely, I don't know where I saw this from. Maybe it was a billboard story or maybe it was just her tweeting. I have no idea. But um, I thought it was interesting where she was saying, look, why can't I just put out like some new music, you know, and not have a whole lot of pressure on it to like do something, Um, which I think she maybe probably really got jazzed by from Thank You Next because Sweetener was a traditional album with a traditional rollout. And then Thank You Next came really fast for, for almost anyone's, you know, uh, comparison purposes for a pop star and this one just sort of drops out of the sky and i think it's interesting that i think maybe more pop stars now are kind of looking to the model of what hip-hop already does and has been doing really well well what's crazy too with these three number ones all in a row like this is that you know we've seen rappers do that but we haven't seen female pop stars release things in such quick succession and you imagine She's if kind of... houston had released three albums like within three years back in oh. the 80s Clive Davis would never. He, would, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have it. Um, uh, but yeah, she, I mean, basically Ariana's kind of taken the reins and decided I'm going to do it this way. And it obviously has worked for her. Yeah. So yeah, I'm guessing we're just going to keep getting more music at this pace from her or at the pace that she wants. You know, maybe it'll be four years before the next album. New album then, at Christmas. And Mark. then three months after that, you know, whenever she feels like it. I'm saying new, new Ariana at Christmas. You never know. Oh, it could be. Um, over on the Hot 100, while the song Positions slips from number one to number two in its second week and is replaced by a previous number one, 24K Golden's Mood, featuring Ian Dior, of course, friends of the pod, uh, Grande's new single, 34 plus 35, 
debuts at number eight. Uh, I was kind of hoping it would debut at number three or number four <laughs> or number 34. Um, in fact, all 14 songs on the Positions album are on the Hot 100 this week. And with that, she now has a total of 66 entries on the Hot 100, which is the fourth most among women. Only Aretha Franklin with 73 and Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj with 113 each have more among the ladies. Wow. Yeah. Lastly, in chart news, Gabby Barrett's I Hope featuring Charla Puth, friend of the podcast, The Puth, rises (laughs) 6 to 5 on the Hot 100 in its 45th week, wrapping the longest journey to the top 5 in the chart's history. Of course, the chart dates back to 1958. It beats the previous record, held by Imagine Dragons Radioactive, which took 42 weeks to reach the top 5. Also in the top 10, Bad Buddy and Jay Cortez's uh, Dakiti charges in at number 9, uh, with 22.2 million streams and 3.2 million in airplay audience and a whopping 5,000 sold in the tracking week. Uh, by the way, the, tra- the tracking week for streams and sales is the tracking week ending November 5th, and the tracking week for airplay is the tracking week ending November 8th. Sunday, 8th, yes. Yes. Um, and the song concurrently starts at number one on the multi-metric Hot Latin Songs chart. It's the first title ever to have entered the Hot 100 in the top 10 and launched atop the Hot 100 Latin Songs chart at the same time. That's pretty cool. I have to go back to Gabby Barrett real quick because I love that song so much. Sorry, I just like just like barreled through all that chart news and gave you no (laughs) breath. I should have been looking at you and you're like, hey, I've got a flag. Hi. Hey, me, I like country music. Let's talk about it. No, um, I I really love that song, but it has such a crazy trajectory because she like put it out I think on Amazon Music or something first, like self-released before it was ever picked up by a major label. And so it's been just this insane journey for this song. And, it's, it's, and she's an American Idol alum as well. It's, there's right. so many little weird details. And then Charlie Puth hopping on gave it the radio airplay. You well, know, it, it, it took it from country to top 40. And um, AC, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, um, Gary Trust wrote a story about the longevity of the song and some of the other songs that have had kind of this trajectory, um, like Lone Star's Amazed was one of them. Um, There's another country song in there that I forget, but they all kind of had a common thread where there were like, they would sometimes be these country crossover hits that eventually, late in their life, eventually made it to Top 40 Radio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this song and Gabby's sort of climb to success has been extraordinary and Kind of side note, kind of makes me think like, does she have now a chance for like best new artist at the Grammy Awards a nomination? Mm. That would be incredible. And also yeah. wild. I mean, I mentioned the idol fact, but like this has to be the biggest American Idol success story in who knows how long. Oh yeah. You know? And, and like a top wrote, five hot one hundred. Yeah. I yeah, I mean I actually would love to go back and see who the last idol um to get in the top five of the hot 100 was like you know as their first song or whatever after getting right. off the show as opposed to like a kelly clarkson song or something right. or Look, looking forward to your deep dive on that Katie. i'll be bothering gary about that <laughs> very soon <laughs> uh in the meantime though uh moving from gabby to some other uh wonderful musical ladies how was that transition (laughs) perfect segue it's just smooth smooth as silk (laughs) i wrote that out for myself it's so good Uh, but 
we have to talk about this remix that came out last week. It's the brand new mashup of Miley Cyrus's Midnight Sky with Stevie Nicks' 1982 hit Edge of Seventeen. So the pair of cross-generational divas unveiled this new song on Friday and it just kind of came out of nowhere and immediately just for me at least hit all the right notes. Like I was immediately obsessed. So we have to take a listen. Let's take a little taste of Midnight Sky Remix. I think they're calling it Edge of Midnight, right? Edge of Midnight. A little fun, fun name. Yes. Okay, so I feel like the biggest thing that I first heard listening to this is how neither song had to really significantly change in order for them to be meshed together. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you where it, it seems like like they were just, it, it was like a peanut butter and chocolate sort of thing, you know? Totally. Yeah, yeah because there've, there have been, um, you know, songs that have been really... Uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not referential is not the right word, but songs that have really sounded like, you know, previous songs. Like I'm thinking of, you know, Bruno Mars kind of really channeling um, any number sti- of old any songs. number. I was going to say Sting for uh, uh, Lack Blur- of the Heaven, like, for instance. Blur- blurred lines referencing Got to Give It Marvin Up. Marvin Gaye, yeah, you know. exactly. But this one, it was not obvious to me until they put the two songs together. And then it was almost like they it, they were two separate musical puzzle pieces that while they're not identical, they just interlock perfectly, you know? Yeah. It's wild. Um, um, and I think you had the same feeling too, where like you, you didn't listen to midnight sky and think, Oh, it's, it's Stevie. It's edge of 17. Right? No, I didn't. And I, I had seen some like news stories where they were, they, the media was claiming that it was like sort of Miley's, um, intentional kind of tribute to Stevie or something. And I'm like, I'm not hearing it, but okay. And then I saw some like mashups that people were doing like homemade mashups of, um, Steve, like Midnight Sky and Edge of Seventeen on YouTube, and I'm like, I'm not really hearing it. Maybe mm. I don't know. And I, but I liked Midnight Sky as it, on its own. And the only thing I think we even talked about it on the podcast while you were away, um, what I was struck by was kind of like the tone in her voice evoked kind of that '80s rock chick thing, yes. like Joan Jett, Pat Benatar, like Stevie Nicks, because just the tone and the vibe of the song. I never thought she was trying to rip off anything or ev- like kind of call back to anything oh that's the word i was looking for evocative not referential okay sure (laughs) i'm here to help well and also you mentioned the vocal obviously their their vocals are like both you know gravelly both deep you know but they also are so distinct that on on this song even if miley is doing her stevie tribute it's like you know when miley is singing and you know when stevie is singing okay you may say that but (laughs) <laughs> I I've listened to this like ten times because okay full disclosure it's great I, I, I it's great and I like Stevie <laughs> Nicks a lot and I love Edge of Seventeen it's just it's a stone cold classic but on the track I mean this is billed as a collaboration and mm-hmm. Stevie tweeted it saying how like much fun it was to work with Miley so I hear Stevie singing the lyrics of Midnight Sky and I hear. Miley singing the lyrics of Edge of Seventeen over the old existing vocals of Stevie doing Edge of Seventeen. So sometimes they just blend so well. 
then I'm like, God, this is just like do more stuff together. Like I know, I, I want to see you perform together. This would be amazing. The full album, I want it. But yes, I that's <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's kind of like actually when you listen to Fleetwood Mac, when you hear like, um, uh, what am I trying to think of now? Sweet Little Lies. When you hear Stevie doing backup to Christine or whatever, and it's so obviously Stevie because right. Stevie doing backup is Stevie, and right. so you hear Miley kind of doing backup on this like Edge of Seventeen portions of the song, but you know it's Miley even though it's like the Stevie part. It's it's awesome yeah. is what we're all trying to say here. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that it made me think of is just how easily Miley throughout her career has been able to navigate different genres and different generations. Probably attribute to her dad and her godmother, Dolly Parton. Uh, I should say her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, Um, just growing up in music to the point that she probably just knows all this music, you know, from it just being in her, in her house. I think I mean, it always it, it's always seemed like Miley herself has been such like a, a fan and a student of music where she appreciates kind of, you know, what, you know, what came before her mm-hmm. um, and loves music. I mean, you know, she remember when Miley did. Of course, I'm going to cite this. Remember when Miley did her unplugged show and Madonna was the surprise guest and they did Don't Tell Me together. Yes. So, so like like and so like, you know, like, you know, Miley loves music. She loves old music she loves new music she's just a big consumer and fan of music so it's really cool to see her probably in her mind geeking out and losing her shit getting to like work with stevie nicks totally and i'm you mentioned uh the madonna team up but she also of course covered um her own godmother's jolene she also just did a recording of blondie's uh heart of glass i think in september uh, she teamed up with Billy Idol on Rebel Yell at one of those iHeart festivals. We were there for that one. Yeah, we were there for that. That, w- that was so cool. And it just, it all makes sense. Just makes it just, sense. It makes sense. So um, we we got to thinking, like, what else makes sense? Like, who else would be the right, you know, perfect match that have yet to get together and what, I feel like we should start off by saying that when we were putting this list of ideas together, I was like, you know who would be great together? Cher and Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and then I Googled them and realized, oh, they already tried this and it didn't work out. But like, let's try again. Can we try again? We should sure. try again. I think right? we should. I think we should tell them <laughs> they should do it again. Yeah. So let's do that happen. again. Um, so but, yeah, we were thinking, we were looking through it. So this isn't just like limit. I mean, this isn't like a Miley thing of like who else Miley should work with. It's like. What other kind of perhaps cross generation divide, cross diva divides? Something. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in, intercontinental diva divides. Yes. <laughs> um, it should work together. And I immediately thought of like, well, Beyonce, who could Beyonce work with? I'm like, Patti LaBelle, because, you know, that's just, so, you know, two, two classics from two different eras. And also their voices are amazing. Like, yes. why wouldn't they want to do it? You know, try it. Um, <laughs> go. <laughs> go. I also, this whole show is just going to be like, please take our ideas for free. <laughs> um, I also, of course, thought of Ariana and Madonna. Ariana yes. loves Madonna. Um, they're friends. So, like, why not do it? Um, but, but I think that's almost in a way kind of expected because you know Ariana loves Madonna. So, like, of course, maybe they probably actually talked about it before. I never necessarily expected Miley and Stevie Nicks ever to work together because that seems super left field. I mean, even though Stevie's having this moment right now with dreams, I would have never immediately thought of that. That would have never come to mind immediately. And yet it's so perfect once it happened. Yeah. 
And you mentioned you mentioned Beyonce um, already, but we had also kind of thrown around Tina Turner with Beyonce. Yeah, well, because Beyonce loves Tina Turner, and she tributed Tina Turner at the Kennedy Center Honors a number of years ago. And and um, we should actually just say like they did sing together on the Grammy Awards that year when they did Proud Mary together. So let's get a formal, proper song recorded together. Exactly. That's what we mean, like a new song. Um, another one that I uh, I wrote down was Taylor Swift and. Joni Mitchell, which I believe she was lined up to portray Joni Mitchell in a movie or something, or like was up for a role. Anyway, there was something linking those two together. There's probably more on the folklore side of things than, you know, the Taylor's career before that, but especially the folklore side of things that I think would mesh quite well with those two. Yeah. I mean, Taylor, when she was doing, I mean, almost on any tour that Taylor does, she brings out all of her inspirations and contemporaries to come and sing with her. So, you know, some people have had the great fortune of getting to see Taylor Swift perform with James Taylor live, you know, which or, is her literal namesake, by the way, Taylor Swift was named after James Taylor in case you, you didn't know. But if you're but listening, jo- you probably already do. <laughs> but, but Joni Mitchell was never one of those people. Um, that would be, that would be pretty great. That'd be I would love it. And then I was also kind of thinking about Adele and a couple people came to mind I, the first thing that came to mind was Barbara Streisand because I was just thinking whose voice in the history of pop music matches Adele's power, emotion, you know, all of these things. And, and right. the first thing that came to mind was Barbara. And my God, the the vocals would just yeah. be incredible. Immediately that makes me two. think of like when Celine Dion and Barbara Streisand got together and did um, I Finally Found Someone. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was Tell Him. No. What Wait, was the name well, of it? now we got to Google it. I finally found someone was, I think, the Brian Adams song that Barbara did from The Mirror Has Two Faces. But I think Celine and Barbara did Tell Him. Yes, Tell Him. You're correct. Tell okay. Him. Well, I saved yes. myself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I but mean, I love was... The Mirror Has Two Faces. Who else? Who else? <laughs> Let's rattle some of these off here. All right. Um, also with Adele, I mentioned Shirley Bassey. Because couldn't they immediately just do the next Bond song? Like, put <laughs> sure. them together. Right. Put give them an orchestra, put them together, and print the Bond song. It's done. Right. Just <laughs> just have them just sort of hum a few notes and let right. the Bond song. <laughs> it's it. That's it. There you go. Um, you also suggested uh, Demi Lovato and Pat Benatar. Yeah. Right. Sure. Do you like that one? I mean, for me, like my my favorite Demi is like when she is just belting out a like a really powerful song and just thinking of Demi singing any of Pat's songs makes sense to me. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Demi songs have been far more pop, but I think that if she went the rock direction of Pat, it would make total sense or maybe even Heart and Demi. You know? Oh. Just like super powerful like rock vocals. I think she would kill it. You also you also thought of a, a great one Dua Lipa and Kylie Minogue. They're they're both kind of clearly from the same sort of lineage of kind of pure kind of pop um like princess of pop kind of vibes i wasn't Um, sure if i would offend you with that choice though because like didn't kylie just put out new music and like she's still relevant and current really but i guess stevie did too (laughs) so so stevie just put out a new album barbara streisand i'm sure is working on new music this is true they but when they made like originally came out they were of a different generation but still obviously making music Kylie Minogue's career started in the 80s for Pete's sakes right so so I think she's fair game and I think that'll be fun 
one more I need to leave us on is Rihanna. I was like, who can who can really like stand up with Rihanna and Grace Jones? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just was thinking about um just what an enigma Rihanna is, like as a pop star. And I think that that matches that like, you know, wild Grace Jones energy. And I like it. Yeah. That would <laughs> I'm just trying like what would that sound like? I'm like, more thinking what it would look like. It would look awesome. <laughs> can you imagine the video? Oh my god. Gosh. Just that would be two like a, stunning women. Like just, it would be too much just, for just one. Just strutting around, just looking at one another. Like, the fashion. All <laughs> um all right. Well, that was exciting and fun. Um and we could keep talking about this. We'll do part we'll do part 2 next week. Yeah, there you go. Um well now, it's time for the chart stat of the week. Come on and sing along. This week in 1983, Lionel Richie uh, commanded everybody to sing and dance and lose themselves in wild romance as his single All Night Long, All Night, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The track topped the list dated November 12th, 1983 and spent four weeks atop the list. It was the first single from Richie's mega successful Can't Slow Down album, which saw all five of its singles hit the top 10 on the Hot 100. All Night Long was followed by the number two hit Running With The Night, the number one ballad, Hello, the number three hit, Stuck On You, and the number eight hit, Penny Lover. I'll just sing them all. Uh, Can't Slow Down, the album, hit number one on the Billboard 200, dated December 3rd, 1983, and spent three weeks in charge. The album was so huge, it spent the entirety of 1984 in the top 10 on the Billboard 200. Well, it wasn't just a commercial success either, as it also took home the 1985 Grammy Award for Album of the Year. It's Quiz, ta- it's quiz Katie time. Ah! Katie, can you name any of the other four albums that can't slow down beat to win Album of the Year? Okay, we're talking 1984. Yeah, so, so like big albums in 1984. Let's just let's assume, let's assume there's a Michael Jackson album involved. That was the year before. That was Thriller. Ah, it won okay. Album of the Year the year before. Okay. Um, great. Uh, <laughs> so now you're stumped. Madonna. No. Okay, how about... Madonna didn't get her first album of the year nomination until Ray of Light. No way. Yep. That's criminal. I know. Um, I need help. Why don't I just tell you? <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the well, answer? I'll give you a hint. We okay. One of the divas we just named was nominated for album of the year that year. Okay, uh, Tina Turner. Correct. With yes. Private Dancer. Yes. So Private Dancer nominated Lost to Can't Slow Down. You have three more. A woman just name them? Yeah. <laughs> Cindy Lauper's She's So Unusual. Okay. Of course, featuring the hit Girls Just Want to Have Fun, among many others. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Okay. And Prince and the Revolution's Purple Rain. Damn. What a year. What a f- effing year for music. <laughs> Lionel, nice job. Nice job, uh, Lionel. <laughs> getting over all of those I mean, other people. No shade. He had a no, bunch of hits great. from this album, too. It's it was great. Number one album. <laughs> but I mean, I, w- I would like to ask Lionel that night. It's like, man, how do you feel? <laughs> and maybe, knowing Lionel's sense of humor, he probably would have been like, is there a vote split? How do I get this? <laughs> he's, you know, because he, he can take a joke. <sighs> all right. Anyway, uh, so there you have it. This week in 1983, Lionel Richie hit number one with All Night Long, starting his long chart success with the album Can't Slow Down and its string of five top 10 Hot 100 singles. Uh, all night.
Okay, Katie, we have reached the end of our big show. Um, what song should we go out on? Perhaps a collaboration, a favorite collab of the past? Ooh. I mean, I've I've got many diva collabs that I love. I was going to say, it definitely should be a lady collab. I was going to volunteer Go No More Tears Enough is Enough by Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand, but you could probably think of something slightly more contemporary for the kids at home. <laughs> I liked that, though. No, I, I feel like, why why mess with greatness? Perfect. We'll go out on that one. <laughs> See you guys next right. time. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.